At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray Strandom wing chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Hi, and welcome to this live recording of the Olive Magazine podcast from the Tower of London Festival. Thank you for the lovely reception. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm Janine, Olive's food director, and this is Adam, our deputy food editor. Hi, Janine. Olive, hi. Hi, Adam. Thanks for coming today. <laughs> That's all right. Um, we're in the shadow of the Tower of London. It's really imposing, but it's absolutely beautiful. We're mm. so thrilled to be right here. Right next to a big old stone, literally, yeah, yeah. Like, literally the next to the, yeah. the wall. Yeah, off with his head. Yeah. Um, so um, in this month's issue, Adam's written a feature. Um, it's his usual Healthy Kicks feature that he writes every month, but this month it's got a focus on gut health. Um, and what we thought we'd do is we just do a bit of a podcast discussing some of the ingredients that you use within the recipes and how they can practically help you. I mean, we're not talking about using weird supplements or pills or anything. This is stuff that you just buy on the shelf yeah. in your supermarket. So as a cook, I mean, how do you approach writing something which, you know, has a kind of medicinal um, outcome? How did you approach writing this feature? Well, the first point of call was, was research, really. Yeah. Um, because... I knew a little bit about it, yeah. but really my limited was very, like, well, yeah, limited. Yeah. Um, so I did some research and I found out about, um, yeah, a little bit more of the sciencey stuff, which okay. kind of, it was, it was a bit baffling, but, you know, I managed <laughs> to find some stuff that was dumbed down enough yeah, for me to understand. Yeah, through it, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I sort of did some research and then I, I basically discovered all these ingredients yeah. that have these probiotic and prebiotic um, uh Advantage, properties, yeah, yeah, properties, advantages. Properties. Um, and then basically chose the ingredients and then wrote the recipes around that as opposed to quite often I'll write um, a recipe around a dish. So I'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll really fancy putting a twist on a chicken fajitas or something. Yeah. Whereas this was like, I really want to use kimchi because yeah. I know it has really good probiotic. Yeah. Pro- um, so you start with the ingredient yeah, and, then and then you write. kind of work the dish around that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you feel you got like a bit of an education on the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was um, eye-opening. Like, I went to a little talk with um, the, Sa- the Sourdough School with uh, okay. this um, people called Atlas. Um, and, yeah, it was really, really interesting finding out about how your gut health actually has far more benefit on your day-to-day well-being than, than, than you before. Think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not just that you might get indigestion. No, It's got exactly. loads of different, yeah, like, yeah. And, to it. Yeah, so that was, that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's go through some of the ingredients you used. Um, the first one I, talk, I want to talk about, because it's very, very trendy at the minute, is kimchi. Um, mm. It's a Korean ingredient. It, it came is. Korean sort of, it's been bubbling under for a while as a sort of like the next big thing. Mm. Um, and kimchi came through that. Now, kimchi just seems to be everywhere. I mean, what, what exactly is it? So k- k- kimchi is um, from Korea. Yep. And they eat it with almost every meal, breakfast, right. lunch and dinner. And at, at the root of it is really fermented 
cabbage. Right. Or, so that is as kimchi as we know it, although there are cucumber kimchi, there is all kinds of, of what, different... So you can make it from any vegetable? Yeah, yeah. The, the kimchi really refers to like the fermented bit of it. Yeah. Um, but usually we'd know it as like uh, like Chinese cabbage um, mixed with like ch- Korean chili flakes okay. and uh, fish sauce and ginger and garlic, like all the good things, yeah. and um, salted yeah. to basically prever- preserve it. And yeah. then you ferment it, so you let... Um, the back, you basically are feeding the bacteria yeah. and letting them go to work. Um, so you can make, I mean, you've, I've seen you making it in the Olive Test yeah. Kitchen. It, it's quite easy to make, you right? Yeah, really. I think that there's certain things with fermentation that you have to get right. So like right. the salting process. Right. So salting is really crucial. Salting is really crucial because uh, one, it sort of draws moisture from the vegetables, right. which um, is good. Yeah. And um, it also just helps to like sort of create like a preserving layer on the, on the outside. So and once you salt the vegetables, the liquid comes out and that becomes the kind that of... That then becomes the your the brine. Like the brine. It's a brine. It yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically that stops um, any outside nasties getting in and... Uh, like you know, doing bad things to your kim, yeah. to your, whatever you're fermenting. Yeah. So it means all the stuff on the inside yeah. that is naturally occurring can just go to work and, and. So in the process of making it, you're layering up your say your cabbage, mm-hmm. onion, garlic, mm-hmm. um, and what sort of flavorings are you using in there? So kimchi, I think as most people know, it's, it's spicy. So they use spicy. Um, varying these, degrees of spice. Though. Yes, I mean some of them are real, real hot. Um, <laughs> just be careful. Yeah, <laughs> be so, careful out there. But um, they use. Um, Korean chili flakes, which are called go- okay. gochujaru. Which, gochujaru, uh, yes, which is a good name. There is a very little tongue twister. <laughs> um, yeah, and they and basically you make sort of like a paste. They, they often use like rice flour okay. to, to make a paste, which basically acts like food for the bacteria. To, it just basically oh, really? speeds up the whole process. Um, so the yeah. bacteria feeds off the rice as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, garlic, ginger, and then you sort of massage it all in so it's bruised and gets all in amongst all the vegetables. Yeah. And the kimchi, um, and then it kind of naturally... That once the liquid comes out of it and it's mm. sitting under the liquid, it's, yeah. it's in that protective brine, and then you're just literally leaving it to sort of stop bubbling, really. Yeah. So really, you'll you'll, you'll often see like weights on top, okay. and basically that keeps the vegetables underneath the brine. Yeah. Because things like oxygen are really good for bad bacteria to go to work on. Okay. So basically, as long as it's under the brine, it's all good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then you really just let it let it. F- ferment at like room temperature which is basically like the bacteria getting uh, getting some love getting fed yeah. and the bubbles will mean that carbon dioxide is being okay. excreted which is like a uh, off cut <laughs> <laughs> can't find the word um, but um yeah, and then, but what it means is that it often creates acid, which means that sort of sour that funk, sour, that funky. tangy thing that you get from fermented foods. It's like a natural pickle, isn't it? Yeah, and it, and it breaks things down. I mean, it's science way above my head, but like um, amino acid, like, well, I don't know, it's, it's like, it's science, but it basically makes mm. things delicious. And what's really interesting about fermentation, because we went to visit um, friends of ours, um, Eaten Alive, mm-hmm. As in, we just love their we love their products. They um, they do hot sauce and they do they do um, kimchi. Is is how how ridiculously into fermentation you can get, how technical you can get about it. And yeah. I mean, if you are if you are um, if you're into it, it can become something that becomes like a complete weekend a sort of weekend project. And, and I think some of the inter- the other interesting thing about fermentation is it helps if you've got. Um, some knowledge because it can it can kind of go wrong no no yeah it, it, it can go wrong and the thing is it's, it's the sort of thing that you have to 
it's like one of those trial and error things. Yeah. Like sometimes it might go wrong, and you just have to use your senses, like sight yeah. and smell, to basically work out whether it's. If you, it's you know, basically, fer fer fermentation can have like se like several different layers of funkiness, mm. and some people like it a bit funkier than uh, other in, people. In Korea, they can they ferment their kimchi for like a year yeah. till it is literally yeah. honking. But the difference between a really super fermented one and a one that's just off, you'll yeah. know it, won't oh, you? Yeah, yeah, because it'll, it'll have those particularly off flavors the reality is that it's actually pretty hard to make it off yeah it isn't like you can't say it's, it's like bomb proof but you know yeah. it's 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 pretty hard to, for it yeah. to happen because if you put all those measures in place like keeping it uh, yeah. submerged with the right amount of salt to keep the bad yeah. nasties away but letting yours grow then yeah. so you can you can make it you can buy it really easy now can't yeah, you most I've, supermarkets I've seen it in my supermarket yeah, yeah. so people can go off and get that i think what's important to say about if you're choosing something fermented is um, is to look for raws better. Is that right? Yeah, it hasn't yeah. been over pasteurized because once you start pasteurizing, you that means you heat yeah. it to a certain temperature and you will be killing all the good bacteria yeah, as well. Yeah, so, yeah. So, but just buy it from a responsible source and yeah. you know, no, and, and it'll be it'll be clearly labelled on the. Yeah. The thing, yeah, yeah. It has to be food safe to sell it, so it's yeah, fine. Completely. Yeah, completely. Um, so let's go on to another um, super trendy ingredient, but um, one that's not always known as a kind of healthy thing. Because sourdough bread, I mean, I wouldn't have thought bread was a thing that was going to help your digestion. Like, how how does that work? So yeah, bread's got a bit of a bad rap at the minute. Um, and really what sourdough does is it pre-ferments the flour or pre-digests the flour. Okay. So the sourdough culture goes to work and starts breaking down the complex carbohydrates. Yeah. And then as a consequence of that, you get acetic acid, which mm -hmm. is like the sour in sourdough. Yeah. And carbon dioxide, which like gives you the rise for the bread. Okay. Um, but what it's doing is like break, it's like basically eating those complex carbohydrates and making them more um, so easily, more easily digestible. Yeah, so basically it then means that you digest them better. Yeah. So that if you put like white bread in your body, like plain, you know, sliced white, it might take until your very, very lower intestine for it to like you to get any goodness from it. Yeah. Because those complex carbohydrates are like all locked up and really hard to mm. break down. Whereas sourdough, they sort of, the, shit, the nuts been cracked almost. Yeah. So that as it gets into your stomach, you can get more from it as Amazing. it goes, passes through. And what do you do, like when you when you create sourdough, because mm. again, we're talking about nat things that happen naturally with the kimchi. Yeah. You're literally just layering stuff off with salt. You're not adding anything to it. No. With the sourdough, how how you start on that off? So you start with a starter, don't you? One of those things yeah. that people keep in their fridge for yeah. years. And Yeah, yeah. One of those people have like, names for it and it's like a pet thing but really that is just <laughs> flour is it's just flour and water okay. mixed together and basically by adding water to the flour yeah. you're hydrating it and basically giving the wild yeast and bacteria within the flour um, access to water which then means it can feed and oh. eat the flour and then start basically creating you have to create a cycle of like so it'll grow and create carbon dioxide and bubble and like wow. so um, you've got bacteria that are present in your flour already but it's yeah. kind of dormant in the bag yeah you add you're adding water to it and then you're leaving it i guess at room temp yeah, so you, yeah you just leave it at room temp for for a day and then feed it again for a day. So yeah. basically you do the same thing for like three or four days and you'll notice it'll go up, go down, go like up even more. Then by the sort of fourth day, it'll be, again. it'll be really like happy and alive. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that I learned from a lot of this process was that there are, I know people don't like to think, but there are bacteria and things on everything on you everything. eat. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> that's nice the reality. Bacteria. No, yeah. And it's all good because that's what I'm learning because you are, you have like, literally Friendly. trillions of bacteria living inside you yeah. which help you which stop 
um, diseases from you know or like um, from like attacking you and things yeah. like that so they're all like basically it's about building a good army yeah That's it's when the balance goes out isn't it yeah. that the danger happens or the or the the off happens when you like the bad bacteria outweigh the good because yeah. as you said your body daily is just trying to like balance them all yeah, together yeah, yeah. and make sure that so the basically good ones when are... a little bit of bad bacteria goes inside so you basically want to like swamp they want the good bacteria to swamp it and yeah. kill it so if the more <laughs> that is literally how it like, your they army say, your army bacteria <laughs> that's how it works so yeah and it's all about like this process was all about like probiotics is adding more bacteria through yeah. things like kimchi sourdough yogurt and um, like live yogurt um, and then it basically you're topping up and you're building, mm. you're building like a wide variety of good bacteria, so that if any nasties do come in, you can. Let's can talk about one of the more. Um, I mean, I, I've actually seen this on supermarket shelves. I saw it in MNS the other day, which is kefir. Yeah. Which two years ago we did a like an introduction to like new healthy ingredients, mm -hmm. and we get we made we did a recipe for how to make your own kefir. It's yeah. online, um, on olivemagazine.com. Plug. What so what is kefir? It's a drink, right? I've seen it as a like a cherry drink or like a. So at its most basic, it is drinking yogurt. Okay. And that is an easy way to describe it. But yogurt is made. Yogurt is basically a, a fermented milk product. Right. And yogurt is made from a specific culture. Cultured and starts. And and kefir is made from a different culture. Okay. So you add that you get them in like these little grains. Yeah. And you can do it with water or milk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you add them to milk at like, and you take it to a certain temperature, and then they'll start feeding and changing the milk um, to create yogurt or like a type of yogurt. So the grains, mm -hmm. when we did our experiments in the kitchen, we had to go online. I think we got them from Amazon or yeah, something. Yeah, Amazon so got you, them. So you actually have to go and buy these little grains in a packet. Yeah. Someone will send them to you, and you can or make your own. Yeah. If you, because now you can buy kefir. Yeah. If it's not been pasteurized and it's all still alive. If you get live kefir. Yeah. You can then, um, if you make the, the same process that if you're adding the grains, you can then add some of that live. It's the same as making yogurt, how you can make yogurt from yogurt. Uh, okay. You can make kefir from kefir. Yeah. So you just add, I don't know, like, a, like 100 mils or something to your warm milk and then leave it mm. for 24 hours of 12 hours and then it will ferment into more kefir. No, I think you've made a really nice smoothie out of it in the magazine, haven't you? But you yeah. could probably like use it for like salad dressing. Yeah, salad dressing are really good. Marinades. Probably marinade, like, yeah, tend so like it would tend would it tenderize? Yeah, like, yeah, it's got does? acid in it, so it's like uh, it's gonna it's gonna tenderize, and the, the dairy will will have an effect on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, if you're gonna use yogurt in a marinade, say like an Indian style, you can oh, definitely yeah, you swap can use out kefir. Instead, yeah. Yeah. So it's like easy easy practical ways of just like fitting it into your like daily cooking yeah, and, and it, stuff yeah, as well yeah like said it's really good um, in a dressing because it's already it's, it's, it's thinner than yogurt yeah. so basically just like you know some side like side vinegar yeah. a bit of salt and pepper and that's and that's delicious one thing um, we were talking about earlier was none of these ingredients are going to change your life as in you know you can't eat like a jar of kimchi a day and I mean you might I mean you could I wouldn't advise I wouldn't. it <laughs> <laughs> I would warn everyone yeah, first. Yeah. They're not going to change your life, but they are going to kind of add something. So if, if yeah. in your, you know, in your repertoire of like cooking, eating, whatever, if you add a little bit of everything into it, these are going to kind of help. You know, and, and like, I think that's like, yeah, that's really apparent with with uh, gut health. Is like yeah. variety is the spice of life. Like yeah. a little bit of everything. They say you should eat like thirty different legumes, what, three, grains, zero. thirty, thirty different what? a week, different. Grains, fruits, legumes, beans, basically 30 oh, so different types. So that you're then you're coming into contact with loads of different good 
bacteria, oh, okay. which then adds to your wide arsenal yeah. for your army. <laughs> your army. <laughs> your gut army. I love it. Yeah. This is like 30, so do you have to get like a blackboard and no, no, tick I mean, them off like, day by life day? Life is too Fine. short to be doing things like that. But, you know, like <laughs> the fact that you're making, acknowledging it and yeah. making a little effort to do things like that, yeah. why not? Yeah, but I, li I like it. It's good, good practical ways of doing it. Yeah. Um, also, this I know you like this ingredient, Adam. You use it a lot. Um, it's yeah. miso. I do love miso, yeah. Um, you're a big miso fan, aren't you? I'm a big miso fan. <laughs> but again, it's one of those things that used to be like, right, you go to Wagamama and have your miso soup. Yeah. And then you probably wouldn't think about it. Or, you know, you go to the health food shop and they would have like a jar of miso. But it wasn't like everywhere but now they just seem to have shells of it yeah. when you go yeah, shopping oh, if you ever go to like the Japan Centre in London oh, there's like 50 types yeah. it's baffling if you want to get really really like spotty about it yeah. there's so much yeah. but but on a basic level if you've just got your white miso or your yeah. brown miso what, what exactly is that what's it made from so to make miso you have to make koji Okay. So we're not, we're not going to make miso, are we? You're not. You're not making your own miso. Like kefir, fine. Yeah, kimchi, kimchi fine, fine. Miso, mi sourdough, fine. But <laughs> miso, no. Well, I mean, if you're really dedicated and you want to buy like a, a humid, like a humid heat temperature chamber to like keep. <laughs> the beans at a certain temperature with the koji then yeah i mean you can but i wouldn't life's too short life's too short <laughs> when you can saying, get it yeah, when you if get you're it saying in you're not going to make it then i, I no. think that's yeah, where and the I, I do stops. usually do weird stuff like that so it's from fermented soya beans so it can be made from the classically it would be soy but you can have, find it with broad beans like lentils really? uh, brown rice is one that you see a lot but yeah it's like a, a bean or pulse thing and it basically um, the koji is like this these spores it's like a type of mushroom um, fungi spores yeah Does they are spores um, yeah no I'm not selling it, it won't am kill I? you um, and then you basically friendly inoculate spores. friendly spores <laughs> and then you inoculate your like legume yeah and then have to keep it a certain temperature when you say inoculate humidity. legume I think of you like getting a tiny tiny little um, like uh, syringe me just and kind sprinkling. of like and basically, I mean, you know. this is not what I'm telling you is not exact. <laughs> this is a rough guide. But, um, We're going to yeah, you, up then you Yeah, then you leave it to ferment. And yeah. basically, Don't what it in. does <laughs> is just give you this um, super umami, like it's amazing. deep, salty, sweet paste yeah. once it's blended. Um, and as opposed to just watering <clears throat> it down in a soup, which is yeah. fairly classic as like a breakfast thing in Japan, but they yeah. use it in a lot of different ways. Um, it's like a, it's a really good multitasker in the kitchen, isn't it? Yeah. Like it'll keep in your fridge forever. Yeah. I mean, literally for months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as just keep it keep, in the fridge. Keep, keep the surface covered yeah. so that no. But you can use it for like I've done, um, you know, mixing it with like honey and having it on chicken thighs. Yeah. Or you can brush it onto uh, fish before you grill it. That it's, lovely like black cod that I think yeah, nobody yeah, does. Yeah, and that's yeah. like miso crust and yeah. stuff or you could put it in like a caramel you could whisk it oh, into yeah, a miso caramel, caramel for like miso so you get that salty sweet sort it's of umami savory yeah <laughs> i used to be a chef and i can't. you can tell um so i think that that's one of those ingredients i think you've you've written a lovely recipe though you've used it as a soup base haven't you because you said you know you can just put it in a mug and yeah, make, yeah. Uh, make a lovely like quick like and warming soup out of it but then, but then you can also throw in loads of ginger and garlic and chili and noodles i think you've done a ramen yeah so i did like a sort of ramen where like in in japan you can get uh, ramen where it's sort of like a clear 
sort of fragrant broth with like yeah. noodles and vegetables in it and then they'll give you like a super umami sort of either mince or shredded meat yeah. tossed it or like fried in miso Lovely. which you then get and then you can sort of either eat it really like so it's like super powerful or you can like slowly mix oh, it in and change your yeah. your broth and does frying the meat and the miso first really bring out all the flavours of the it just miso? Adds, caramelizes like, caramelizes it just caramelises it, yeah. It's like super high in sugar, so. Because it is that like real umami bomb, isn't it? So exactly. Definitely, definitely worth buying that mm. one. Um, and lastly, we've got this lovely recipe which kicks off the feature, which is um, which is a kind of, well, actually, what's it called? Yogurt cheesecake pot. pot. Like, that's not healthy. Come on, mate. It is. No, I think, like, when, when writing healthy recipes... Diet cheesecake. There is, there is a, a, a lack of, like, healthy Yummy desserts. desserts. And, like, really, when you, like, if you go through that recipe, there's not really that much sugar in it. Like, yeah. we use, like, a sort of uh, vanilla um, yoghurt pot. Yeah. which already has a little bit of sweetness and the vanilla sort of makes yeah. your brain think it's sweet. Right. And then a little bit of like soft cheese to make yeah. it sort of a cheesecake base. Um, and then I made like a really simple raspberry coulis just with uh, some honey and some raspberries cooked down in a pan. Yeah. And then I made like a sort of flapjack crumble out of nuts and seeds and oats sort of roasted with a little bit of oil so that yeah. it's not like super high. And then a little bit, again, a little bit of honey to sweeten. And, and you, you used a probiotic yogurt yes, as yeah. the base yeah so basically you again it's not like you could just use normal yogurt but yeah. you're just you're just adding in a little bit of something extra yeah yeah, yeah. to that to that base to just give you the extra yeah. warmth to your, it get, makes it extra healthy for your dessert you're extra healthy yeah. and you get to eat cheesecake and you get to eat raspberries and that flapjack crumble topping which yeah. just sounds think like kranaken but without any booze yeah i think all of those tips are really practical and brilliant um they're all in the September issue of Olive Magazine. Um, this is also the first in a series of four podcasts that we've done yeah. about gut health. So Adam um, met up with our nutritionist, Kerry Torrens, mm. and recorded three more podcasts. And in those ones, we really, really dive deep into and, and more detailed into other subjects. Yeah. And honestly, I, I, was, uh, I, like, I was editing them last night and they're fascinating. They are. And I was ready to be completely baffled, but actually no, she's it's brilliant. all completely digestible. And Is she that the right explains word? it so well. Yeah. So... Um, just to give you a little trail, episode two, we're talking more deeply about probiotics, prebiotics, and the fascinatingly named microbiome, yep. which is a, a friendly thing. Yep. <laughs> episode three, we're going to be talking about skin health and hormonal health mm. and how your gut health can influence those, with that. Yeah. And episode four, which is really fascinating, gut health and mental health and yeah. how it's all tied up together. Really, really interesting. Um, so those three coming out next week. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to listen to them, go to olivemagazine.com or they'll be available on the usual Acast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all podcasts um, uh, formats. But yeah, um, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today, Adam, in the shadow of the Tower of London. Pleasure. And, um, and yeah, look out for the September issue of Olive for those. Thank you. Cheers. You've been listening to a special edition of the Olive Magazine podcast. Check out the other three podcasts in this series on gut health at olivemagazine.com. Thank you.